Hey y'all, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B, and I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us, and if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right, all right, let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. Mariela Rosario is a writer, coach, and spoken word artist. In 2015, Mariela had a radical encounter with God, and since then, she has been dedicating her life to helping others be the best version of themselves and walk in their God-given purpose. She has a bachelor's degree in Christian ministries and founded She Speaks Fire in 2018. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Mariela, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you feeling that your book is in the world, out there oh and in the world? Gosh. I am just like, I'm pinching myself still. Like, did this really happen? Is this really real? Like, oh my goodness, she's out there in people's hands. People are getting to like engage with the, my story. God, yeah. God, it's just, it's overwhelming. There's just so many things going through my body that I'm just like trying to be present in the moment. But yeah, grateful is the biggest it's- Amazing. It's amazing. I have only read like a few pages because I'm going to listen to it, which I've already told you. Um, but I know you, you and I are friends in real life. We got yeah. to go to a retreat together recently. Yeah. And when I say that you are one of those people who I just want to like be near, <laughs> like you're just like comforting and chill, but like confident, but not afraid to ask questions. Like, I don't know. You are um, powerful and unassuming is mm-hmm. I think the, some words that I would use to describe you. Like you are not afraid to just be sitting by yourself, no big deal. But then all of a sudden you're asked to go on stage and give a spoken word that everyone is like on their feet hooping and hollering because it's so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to hype you up a little bit there. Thank you for that. Girl. And I'm just so excited that your words are now in the hands of people. So tell us a little bit of your story that led you to writing this book. Yeah. So shame has always just been like a constant companion in my life. I didn't, I don't know that I really had the words for it to say, oh yeah, this is what that is. But it met me um, super young. I was raised in a single parent home um, with my father that, you know, I'm, I'm 37. I just turned 37 and he's turning 88 this year. Um, And he was born like in New Orleans, Louisiana, middle of Jim Crow era. There was just like this, this like generational trauma that came down that like men were just providers they needed to provide. So there wasn't like emotional nurturing. There wasn't like the positions that moms would normally take that tell you like you're loved, you're beautiful. You like, you have all, it was just kind of quiet in my home. So um, in Mm -hmm. silence, actually the enemy loves to speak, you know? So like from a very young age, I started just like believing I was a burden, um, believing like I wasn't wanted um, and started living from the outside in really just to survive in any situation and room I would enter. I would just analyze the room and say like, what do I have to do to like make it in this room? Like, what do these people need from me? Like, not just Mariela, like your inherent worth and value. You're okay. You know? So um, I, the, what led to this book is that, that, um, experience when I came into the kingdom, although the Lord like silenced a lot of, um, that the, the ways that my shame manifested was through like drug abuse and like through toxic relationships and all these kinds Mm -hmm. of things. 
um, like coming into the kingdom, those behaviors were, were idle. Those behaviors were gone, but the root of shame still existed because it started manifesting in a different way, which shame is just really living, like, like trying to cover ourselves and conceal our true, um, condition, con conceal our true selves and put on a fig leaf, put on something that, 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 that keeps the world at bay and, and validates our, our existence pretty much. Like, so, um, I started performing in the church. I started like wanting to like have positions and using my gifts and um, these kinds of things to give me value and still that approval addiction, that thing that mm. um, I needed like in the world. I was like, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. I'm like, why do I feel as worn out in the kingdom as I did in the world? Oof. And I realized that there was like a seed um, planted inside of me that was still coming and bearing fruit in my life that I wasn't really experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to bring, which was like truly being seen and known for who you are and the condition you are presently in. Um, and I feel like a lot of us in the church are kind of like trying to impress each other. We're like hiding from each other. We're still kind of taking on some of the same systems that the world does to like justify like our, our uh, positions and like, look at me or whatever. And really we should be the freest people alive. So that's what really She Speaks Fire is, is really helping people identify where shame is operating. Cause I mean, we all deal with it, whether you know it or not, it's as old as humanity. You know, it's the yeah. first thing. Adam and Eve in the garden when the when the fall came. So I'm I'm coming for these fig leaves. I'm coming <laughs> for shame through She Speaks Fire. I love that so much. I just know it's one of those books that when I start it, I'm gonna listen to the whole thing in one day. I can just tell. Well, not only because I'm your friend and I want to like actually hang out with you all day, but because of the content and because of your story and because of how vulnerable and honest that you are and how you, how poetic you are too. So like, not only is it real stuff, but it's said so beautifully, even just what you said just now, that small, you know, two minute pitch. I'm like, you just articulated things so beautifully that I know are going to change not only my life, but so many other people's lives. And there was something that you said, the approval addiction part yeah. that I was, that stuck out to me because I'm like, that's so real. That's so real in every area. I mean, I'm thinking like a mom at the park was like, I know my teacher, the teacher judging me because of this or your coworkers, you know, I'm thinking of someone else. I was like, Oh, my coworker was judging me because of this. And it's like, who cares though? Because, but we do, because we're seeking this approval that we're right. addicted to. Right. So yeah. how did you overcome the approval addiction? Yeah, dude. So <clears throat> it's like something I was really, really, really intentional on how, um, I subheaded the book. I put battling shame, not like overcoming mm. it, not like, not like getting the victory. It's really something we have to engage in daily. daily. Like, and the world begs us to do something before we can be something like the world begs us and, and, and draws us into this dance of performing and, and trying to live for worth instead of from worth. And we find that when people applaud us or the nod or like, yeah, you're killing it or whatever, or that, that, that need to be accepted and, um, validated, like that's actually a God given 
need. That's a God-given thing that, that we've been given. And the only way to really um, not just abstain, like, because abstinence and recovery are two different things. Like you can abstain from something, but to fully recover from approval addiction is truly immersing yourself in the identity, in the approval of the father. Mm. But that's not something that just happens one day. That's a lifestyle of living. That's a lifestyle of seeking the Lord every single day and allowing our minds to be renewed that we are so like, we're so dripped in the grace of God. We're so dripped in the approval of God that it's oozing out of us that the things that we put our hands to no longer become our identity, be it our motherhood, be it a wife, being a homemaker, being a, a ministry leader, a business owner, whatever that is, the success or the perceived failure of those things do not um, dictate like the essence of who we are. Like yeah. we do this stuff from an overflow of already knowing I am fully loved. I am fully accepted. I am fully chosen, validated, loved, graced, all these things. But the reality is, is that we have something called the accuser of the brethren that is whispering in your ears, all the things you should be doing, all mm. the things are not doing how far away you are from the the goal of life or you should be for shoulds like really like take into consideration the shoulds in your mind right now like my house yeah. should, my house should be cleaned right now like I, I i should have um you know x amount of followers on instagram if i'm supposed to be doing it. i should have x amount of sales or i i should have made my husband lunch or i should have washed my car or I, and then that what does that do that leads you right into shame then you start mm. thinking oh my gosh like i'm i'm i suck i suck at life i i suck at my position so the gifts that god has given us become the gift of life let's just start there before we talk about the other gifts the gift of life becomes a burden because there's it's something we need to attain it's a place that we need to reach instead of something we experience and that we are and that we be and we journey with the lord um so it's um to answer your question how do we overcome it is that we we drip ourselves and we engage in the truth of who we really are. So everything that comes from our life is not pulls and grabs for, 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 for position, but it's overflow of who we already are. Yes. I love that. And when you said the, like kind of taking us through the journey from should to shame, it sets us up for early acknowledgement, right? So like we can kind of catch that thought because sometimes I don't know what shame looks like. Like sometimes I know it, it looks like when I act on it uh, and I know what the action feels like, but sometimes I'm, I don't know the journey to, from one point to getting into shame. But whenever you said the should part, I'm like, yeah, that is the first part That's that can trigger. trigger my brain to be like, this is shame. Then like you you're, start overworking, then you start yeah. overextending, then you go into perfectionism, then you go and post something on social media that your heart isn't in, or like make it like just all these things. Like shame is the root, the action becomes the fruit. And sometimes we don't have the language. Mm, yeah. Sometimes we don't have the language to say, I'm in shame. But really, it's like, what if, like that, that thing, like, Shame entered when, uh, like, humanity, the first time that God, like, talked about Adam and Eve, like, he made it a point to say, hey, they were naked, mm -hmm. which means, what, what does it mean when you're naked? Like, you can't hide anything. You're exposed. Yeah. You're vulnerable. You're seen. You're, 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 you're in everything. There's nothing hidden, right? They were unhidden. They were naked. And they didn't feel shame. They didn't feel the need to cover their true 
where they were in in that moment, in that present moment before each other and before God. And really, if we're honest with ourselves, we're playing like a big old game of hide and seek a lot of the times in our life. Like instead of just being vulnerable in the, in the, in the, like say your house is dirty, like you have friends coming over or whatever. I don't know. I, I have, that was a really dumb example, but no, that's, that's good. Like you're like over here, like, um, say God, okay. Say like you like are feeling the pull to start a life group or a small group at your church, but you're like, my house doesn't look like my house. Isn't nice. Like right. the kitchen isn't, it's old. It's not remodeled. Or I, I can't post this picture online because my, my, my family doesn't look like this. Like there's that should. And then yeah. shame causes you to act on not doing something. Your heart is calling you into yes. Yes. until you get to a certain place that 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 you feel is worthy of doing that and that's what it is jesus came to set us free from that that thing yeah that makes us feel like we can't just be be like we can't just be and run yeah to we can't be naked in our own home we got <laughs> we're trying to put fig leaves everywhere before we let people in <laughs> you want to come in you want to come in to see it all figuratively speaking no but figuratively, yes. figuratively speaking yeah but no, what, I mean, what you're saying is like so true because we disqualify ourselves from ministry before we even begin because of shame and because we're trying to wait to feel worthy when he's like, if you, you can be waiting a long time if you think that you are yeah. worthy of and have this perfect walk that other people can see. Straight up. Yeah. It's true. What do you think are like some common misconceptions within the church? about shame because you know like you were talking about it's easy to see where you where everyone turns for the world yeah. with shame like substance abuse or you know there's like things that we can alcoholism I'm thinking of too and but whenever it's like in the church like what are some common I guess uh misunderstandings about shame yeah I think that the biggest like um misunderstanding is that it doesn't exist and it's not an operation like we mm. look at like the rise it because we can cover it so well in the church because yeah. a lot of the ways that we cover because shame is like putting something external to try to fill something internal right and yeah. it's like like the the need to um be seen known wanted valued all these things we start putting these like our service I serve in every single ministry. I'm always available. I'm always, I'm all, I have no boundaries. Like uh, I perform, I use my gifts and, and cause that is what makes me valuable. Like what I do, like we put our identities yeah. in the things that we do and it it's rampant in our, in our, in our, in our churches, you know, like, I think like, that's why we've seen the rise and fall of so many like anointed people people in positions of power because they've used like the fig leaf that they used to cover their nakedness, which is really the true condition of your heart, the true condition. Cause that's the thing is when Adam and Eve fell, instead of running to God and being like, look what we did, like in their, in their vulnerability and in their, mm. their, their sin, where God could actually be the one that covers them with like his forgiveness and his, his righteousness. They decided to try to cover themselves in that, that feeling of inadequacy and that feeling of guilt that they had. They try to cover themselves and, and create from themselves a covering that couldn't sustain the seasons and the, 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 the storms of life. Like what are we going to do? So that's what we do is we, we come into these our churches and our communities 
with this innate desire, like feeling inside of ourselves that there's something in us that, that is too heavy to be known. There's an, there's that we can't, we can't show up as our true selves and tell people that we're battling depression or that we're anxious or that, um, like you're fearful. Like we put on these facades, like everything's all good. Like, let me serve. Cause then maybe in, in, in my service, I can silence what I feel inside, but it's like, what happens to just being truly seen and known for the condition and the position that you're currently in and allowing like God to move in that. And we just keep covering ourselves. So we see like these anointed people of God, like hiding behind their gifts. And it's like, it silences it for a little bit, but then when that doesn't work, they go to other things. And this is what, what it's like an endless cycle that we're going in our lives. Yeah. You're so right. I'm even thinking like of those pastors who I'm, you know, no better than when it comes to trying to hide my junk, you know, even if it's not extreme, it's still, I'm still doing the act of trying to hide or something like that. And I'm thinking like some of them are so powerful and I'm realizing it seems like it's out of desperation of like, don't do do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Mm. And what would happen if instead of that hiding, you just said, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. And the Lord is actively at work. And what would happen if congregations came alongside in each other, their leaders, like everybody, and just showed Cover them. God. Yeah. Cover. Yeah. yeah, Help them showed the love of God to one another. Like, man, that is so powerful. Like how that would be the body of Christ. And, but we let shame stop us. Right. Is that what we, yeah. Not only do we let shame stop us, but if we don't have adequate language and understanding, we can actually shame other people in their shame. Like people like I'm, I'm sleeping with my boyfriend or I'm doing this. So instead we're just going to carry that with us hidden because I can't, the only one that really has the power to, to heal and transform is, is the Holy spirit. Right. And as in the church, we're, we're conduits of the spirit. And, but sometimes we're perpetuating performance. Sometimes we're perpetuating the fig leaves that people use to try to cover themselves because we reject people in their nakedness, but we should be able to embrace people and understand that the, that the, the journey that they're on is something that we get a partner with, with God. And we're walking alongside them. And if we're honest, we have things that, that need tending to as well. Cause I realized why this was really led me to write this book was like, why do I still feel in bondage inside the kingdom? Yeah. Like, why do I still feel like I can't really be seen and known for who I really am? When I should be around the most free, like I should be the most free in this world because we have Christ. And really what it comes down to is that we know we could put our own efforts aside. We could put our own, um, our own like attempts to try to Mm -hmm. cover our conditions aside and just allow ourselves to be covered in the the better covering, which is Jesus Christ, which is his righteousness. Because when God sees us, he sees his son. And when we see each other, let's like acknowledge like our humanity. Let's acknowledge Mm -hmm. that none of us have arrived and that we can walk alongside people and hard and, 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 and hard like seasons of their life and, and trust the one that can pull them through. But a lot of us are hiding from each other and it's just a big old game. It sure is. And that feels so true that we're like hiding from each other. And then it just feels like no one can be themselves. And then you're 
keeping yourself from a Christ-centered community because you and can't you be Christ-centered and covered in shame. Exactly, girl. Well, and it's like always going to be trying to like the enemy's always going to try to have you conceal and hide because mm-hmm. in secrecy, like shame grows. It, it yeah. incubates, it incubates. Cause then all you're left with is yourself and your thoughts and the accusations. And then you're like, I need to clean myself up and I need to, I need to present in a certain way. And it's like, let's just ditch all those things and let's just be real. And when we become real, then real change can really happen. Yeah. That's just what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So being real for sure, like that is definitely one of the strategies that we can kind of do to manage, I think, some shame. Are there any other ones that you can suggest for us? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I want to, I like, I want this so badly and I want to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power. Yeah. You know what? I think a big, the biggest part is that, um, shame it, it causes an action for us to do like do something like cover ourselves like and a lot mm, of us yeah. are tired we're tired you know and jesus mm-hmm. said like come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest i think the biggest thing the battle this thing like this place of trying to conceal and be and do and whatever is to receive like mm-hmm. we need to get to a point where we receive the kindness and the compassion of God for ourselves that we receive like the ability to be human, like mm-hmm. before God and other people. Um, so I think the biggest thing is, yeah, be real with God, be real with yourself, be real with others, but also understanding that everything you need now and for the future, you all already possess in Christ. And I think for our generation, wow. especially, um, we need to learn how to be content with our portion and we need to learn how to um, trust the one that created us because that it really comes down to trust. And the fact that we live in such a generation that's inundated with um, social media, with, yeah. with the, with the images and the ideas to, to compete, covet and compare, that is like the breeding grounds for shame because you feel like you should be somewhere you're not. So then you start trying to attain, yeah. you start trying to do, and you start trying to hustle. And I just need to like, be really, really clear that we need to get back to a place of surrender and a place of, um, being God's kid. We need to like take off. We need to take off the ways of the world. I'm sorry. Like worldliness is really can't come into like our lives as children of God. And like, it's not by any of our fault per se, but our affections and our attentions may be drawn away. Cause that's really what ushered shame into the garden was Eve saw that the tree was good and she desired the wisdom it would give her. So that's the question is like, what are you mm. seeing? Then what is that breeding desire in you? And yeah. then that causes us to look inwardly and be like, well, I don't have that. And then, and then we start trying to achieve and attain and do and do and do. And then that just breeds more and more shame, more and more um, discontentment. And we just need to get back to a place and know that God, he doesn't withhold not one good thing from you. Yeah. He, he, like what is for you is for you. And like, I just feel it like this is really needed because I know this is what I needed. Like I was building this ministry and from the outside in people are like, she's killing it for the kingdom. But nobody saw like, the weariness of my heart, the weariness of my soul, feeling Mm -hmm. like I should be in a place that I wasn't. And God's like, do you realize like, if you'd ever do one more thing for me, if you just do your best, like that's all I ask, like 
stewardship over what God's put in our hands and, and being content with our mm. portion. I love that. I'm like, hold on, I'm writing down what God has put in our hands because I'm like, how, how often do I have this, have something in my hand and I'm looking at some, someone else's something hands. Else. Girl. I'm like, well, what's in your hand? <laughs> Let me see what you got. How what many followers are, are in your hands? <laughs> like Eve, they had everything. They, you saw what was in their hands and she looked at the one thing. She saw yeah. that she was good and she desired what was given her, but she took her eyes off of what was already in her hands. The per in the garden before shame entered, humanity had identity. God said, they are made in my image and they're in my likeness. They had purpose. He said, have dominion over all the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creeping mm. that crawls. They had community. They had each other. They had communion with God, right? They also had boundaries, boundaries. What, like the, by the word of God, what, what, like what is in the bounds? Like boundaries aren't punishment, they're protection, right? Mm -hmm. So they had boundaries, right? They had that, that this, their senses is really what led them away. What we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. So as children of God, we have to understand that we live, we have dual citizenship. Yes, guys, we're in this world, but we don't need to build our, for ourselves empires and kingdoms for ourselves and desire to be like God in this world. We're already like God. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. God dwells within us. What has he called us to do? What has he given you to do? Yeah. What has he put in your garden? What has mm -hmm. he given you to tend to? Look at that instead of what you desire and what, what, what you think you want. Like get back to the one who called you, the garden that he called you to tend and, and, and do that. <laughs> and that will bring the fulfillment. 100. Because you will be walking in your purpose that 100. he created for you or your calling. Obviously our purpose is to bring glory to him but you will whenever you're walking in your calling and like even if we have similar hearts as one another like we can have similar jobs we can have similar things there's always something that's uniquely yours because god is so complex and unique and he made us in his image and you're an extension of his creative power his genius yeah. like you are an extension of him and it's like the way that you reveal his glory is unique and mm -hmm. he doesn't make mistakes. So yeah. it's like, I'm trying to be like Ainsley and Ainsley's trying to be like me. We're robbing God of the glory that he put inside of us to manifest in this world. Like mm -hmm. we have, we each have our own garden to tend to, but if we're over here totally. looking at the fruit on someone else's tree, then, then you're going to be like, you're looking at your nakedness. Cause in your nakedness, like before God, you should feel no shame because you're walking in communion with God, you're walking in community with others, and you're in your lane, you're in your purpose, and your identity is rooted and fixed on the one who gave you identity in the first place. And that really comes from intimacy with God, you guys. Mm -hmm. Like that's where it comes from. I know like as I've been walking with the Lord now, I, I wasn't raised in the church. I wasn't raised like in a Christian home like that, like discipleship where I understood God, but I've been walking with the Lord close to 10 years. It'll be 10 years next year. Wow. I, I got saved in 2015. Um, but I've realized that when I don't spend time giving like my first ministry is unto the Lord 
if that ministry is not tended to, then everything else I'll find discontentment in. My joy yeah. is robbed. My peace is gone. And, and I feel like I need to be, do something to be something. And then I start performing and I start hustling and I start, dude, you guys, this world is not our home. Like yeah. we got a hundred years on this planet. If we're vegan, maybe like <laughs> we're like in tip top shape, but like, we are, we are, we are, we are building for ourselves an eternal, like our, the fruit that is going to last is that in eternity, you know? So it's like, think about everything that your hands are on right now and, and think about the heart of why your hands are in it and where your heart is in it. And like, ask, is this fruit going to stand? Is this going yeah. to stand in eternity? And God gives you like a peace that surpasses all understanding when you're walking in unison in the will of of him for your life. Cause the will of him for your life is different than the will that he has for my life. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I, the visual of tending to our gardens is so powerful. Like for me today, specifically, like as we're having this conversation, I'm like, man, I need to pay attention, pay closer attention to what is in my Garden and what like bullies up in your garden? What? Yeah, exactly. Your garden, your business. Yeah. Like, what is in your garden? Because that's a lot, anyway. You know, like we we live full lives, especially now more than ever. So, ugh, I just love that. I love that visual, and I love how it connects us right back to the garden with Eve, Adam, and Eve, and the Lord. Like the yeah. the stuff is the truth is still the same. Like it's, it's still the same. You overcomplicate it. It's yeah. so simple. Like God purposed you to be here. God put you on this earth at this time in this generation mm -hmm. to first walk intimately with him. And even in our shame, and even when we hide, and even when we try to conceal, he still comes looking for us saying, yeah. hey, Ainsley, where are you? Where are you? What, what, like the shame that we, the, the fig leaves that we use to cover our metaphorical shame and like the way I'm breaking it down in my book is that like, really, what are those things that we put out like as an offering to like, to, to validate and to, to try to give ourselves worth and identity. Right. And it's really like God saying, Hey, where are you? When you peel back all those layers, like, yeah, yeah I'm running a business. I'm doing a podcast. I'm on social media. I'm, but where are you? Yeah. Where's, Where's your heart? heart? Now, why are you doing what you're doing? Is it because yeah. you think I need these things from you? Is it because it, it gives you a better social status or because it, it, it brings importance to you? And what if that fails or what if that, are you still fully content with your portion and know that you're loved and accepted if that project soars or if that project dunks? Like that's where it really comes down to. And that's what I really, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going for the heart. I'm going for the soul. Like, where are our hearts? Because we don't, Jesus didn't come for us to live in bondage, like yeah. at all. Like yeah. we're free and free indeed. And I'm chasing freedom, girl. Cause I mean, I've been bound and I ain't trying to be there. I ain't trying to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're gracious enough to share that with us in hopes that no one else will ever be there, you know? And like, Hey, you don't have to be there if you are there. Yeah. For you real. Can come out. We, can, <gasps> we want you to come out. We need you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I know that people are going to be like, I need to find this book right now. So where can people get this book and keep up with you? Yeah. So, um, she speaks fire is available wherever books are sold. Um, Amazon's probably your easiest bet. 
Um, but it's like on Target.com, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, whatever. I actually went to some Barnes and Nobles. It might be in your store, like in oh, your no. store. So um, yeah, so you can keep up with me. She speaks fire co um on Instagram and then my website, she speaks fire.com. All of it, easy enough. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful for you, so thankful for your work, so thankful for your friendship and for your time hanging out today. You're the best. <laughs> Love you, girl. Love you. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget, let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B and I hope to meet you there.